All right, good morning, Grace Summit. Ooh, okay, must be still chilly out there. It's a, it's a balmy 22 here on, on the campus, and that's being reflected by our attendance slightly, but thank you for coming out and braving the cold. Uh, you get extra points for that, right? So welcome everyone, we'll try it again. Welcome Grace Summit. That much better, much more enthusiastic. Thank you very much. All right, we wanna welcome everyone here on campus. Welcome everyone online, of course, uh, that don't have to brave the cold as much. So just let you know it's 22 degrees outside, that's Fahrenheit for those who watch overseas. Uh, not Celsius, that would be a whole different feel for us. I'd probably feel pretty, actually pretty decent. Uh, but anyway, uh, before I forget, I'll make sure that if you are here, if you are visiting or have never filled out a connection card, I was reminded to go ahead and remind everyone to fill out a connection card today so we can connect with you. All right, there we go. One, one person's happy about the connection card. So they're at the back of your chair, so please finish those, uh, fill those out before you go so we can keep in contact. There's a place for prayer requests. We get a lot of those, and yes, they are prayed over. Uh, uh, they were prayed over almost, well, yeah, right at service or just after service. So welcome everyone in. Thank you very much for being here. We're going to have a great time in the Spirit because the Spirit beat us here hours ago. All right, amen. Waiting for a door. We're going to have a great message, great song, great praise and worship. People are going to be saved. People are going to be healed. People are going to be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, we go. Set free. I like that one. Set free. So... We'll go in for Molly 2.0, I believe, on this one, and take it away. Amen, amen, amen. God's good, amen? He's a good God, amen? Amen. Start off this morning, we're going to bring up the tempo and party a little. Because he's good, amen? Amen. Let's bring him praise. Wandering into the night in Jesus' name. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. A vagabond and just when I let sing this out just when I ran out of road I met a man I didn't know and he told me that I was not alone he picked me up turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground I think the master I think the Savior Cause you healed my heart Changed my name Forever free I'm not the same I thank the Master I thank the Savior I thank God He's a good God, amen Woo! Let's sing this out I cannot deny I cannot deny what I've seen Got no choice but to believe My doubts are burning Woo! 
like ashes in the wind Through stand so long So, so long to my old friends Burden and bitterness You can just keep them moving You ain't welcome here from now till I From now till I walk streets of gold I'll sing of how you saved my soul This wayward child has found its way back home Picked me up, turned me around You placed my feet on the solid ground I think the master, I think the savior Cause you healed my heart, you changed my name Forever free, I'm not the same I think the master, I think the savior I thank God Let's sing that one more time Heal my heart, change my name Forever free, I'm not the same I thank the master, I thank the savior Cause you healed my heart, you changed my name Forever free, I'm not the same I thank the master, I think let's sing that again Cause you picked me up, turned me around You placed my feet on the solid ground I thank the master, I thank the savior you healed my heart, you changed my name Forever free, I'm not the same I thank the master, I thank the savior I thank God He's good, amen? Let's sing this one more time in Jesus' name Because he's picked us up and turned our whole lives around Through his blood in Jesus' name You picked me up, turned me around solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Because you healed my heart. Changed my name. Forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. Amen. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this day today. We thank you for your goodness, for transforming our lives, for turning them around, and for the thousand hallelujahs we can sing to you. Who else would rocks cry out in worship? Whose glory taught the stars to shine? Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing. This joy is mine. With a thousand hallelujahs, we magnify your name. You alone deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs a thousand more Who else would die for our redemption 
Through the night when 
is at my end Comforting my heart till it was light again Oh, this is a faithful kind of love Yes, it is steadfast Everlasting Father
Lift your hands up and lift your voice up, Father. We thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Am I on? Can you hear me? Amen. Glory to God. We want to pray over our, uh, these prayer requests here, and these are for families. If you need prayer or want prayer, uh, just go ahead and come up right now, and um, one of our elders will be up here and we want to pray for you they'll, they'll pray for you while i'm still ministering and talking for a minute um and uh see so, so y'all just go ahead and pray for them and right now we're, we're praying we're believing for family who in here knows god wants our family saved amen and uh one of the things is we got to have a vision for it that's one reason we've been preaching on vision and you've got to begin to see it and you got to begin to see it and believe it and speak it over their life and believe for God's moving and power to be at work in their life. Um, you know, that, that takes faith, especially whenever you don't see those things change. Uh, you see them acting up. Got a great testimony. I don't see her in here. I think she's doing class or something. Um, lady in the church and her son um, has had number... Uh, God called him into ministry years ago, and as a kid, he knew it, and he's, he's ran from it all his life. And uh, you know, just, just having a hard time. And uh, going through rehab, but thank God he's rededicating his life. Can I have an amen? And thank God he's turning his life around. And she made the comment, she said he's accepting responsibility for his life and where he's at. And so you know what? God can turn it around. You got to have faith that God can turn it around. God can turn those situations around. And so, uh, Father, we just pray right now for those. If you've got family members you're standing for and believe for, hold your hand up. Father, we thank you right now for these. That, Father, that your power, your hand is at work in their life. Father, we surround them with faith. We surround them with hope. We surround them with love. And, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit is bringing conviction upon their life. Conviction of not knowing you. Conviction of not walking in relationship with Jesus. Conviction. Father, by the Holy Spirit, that they need to turn their faith, turn their heart towards you in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you right now. We just pray and believe for all the attack of the enemy to be broke over their life, for them to, for every word they've ever heard to be um, uh, illuminated in their heart and their spirit, that their, your word will not return void, but it will accomplish that where it is sent in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We thank you so much, Father, right now that you are faithful, that promised, and your promises are yes and amen. And over these, we speak life and thank you, Father, that um, we believe, Father, that they shall live and not die. They shall declare the works of the Lord. They shall declare the glory of the Lord. In Jesus' name, you, you gave us the promise to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou and thy household shall be saved. So, Father, we believe on you, and we ask you, Father, right now, for household salvation, for household conviction upon all of those in our house. In Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We thank you, Father. If you're baptized the Holy Spirit, just pray in other tongues right now. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We turn our face, Father, towards you. We turn our face towards you. And thank you, Father, that you hear our cry. You hear us and you answer us. You hear us and you answer us. In great days ahead, Father, that you hear us, you answer us, and you extend your great arm of salvation to us in the day we live. We receive it, Father. We thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. That, Father, you hear and you answer our prayers. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just, I just sense right now there's somebody who just really battles that, whether you're in person or on, online, of whether or not God hears your prayers. You know, God, God loves you. And uh, there's an old saying, we may look at this in a minute, where people would say, boy, my prayers didn't get any higher than the ceiling. Who's ever heard that? Your prayers don't ever have to get any higher than your lips. In fact, your prayers don't have to get any higher than your heart because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you should have that great confidence that God hears you. Can I have an amen? Well, now as they continue to pray, and just, just right there, everybody stand up with me for a moment. Okay, Miss Kim, give me a change in music. Give me some a little bit happier music. And uh, you know, or what I'm gonna call hugging music. And I wanna encourage you, get out of your chair, greet somebody around you, love on them for a moment. If you, know, if you don't know them, find them. If you, if you see somebody you don't know, find them. Welcome them, hug them, greet them.
Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're so glad you're here today at Great Summit. And uh, if you're a first, second, third time guest with us, uh, I want to encourage you to take one of the connection cards that are in front of you. If you have any prayer requests, if you'll take a moment and put that on that prayer request. Um, um, she's busy. So if you need a, a connection card, on the screen is a QR code. If you're a first, second, third time guest, if you will take a moment, online especially, and um, click that and uh, fill out the online connection card. You can do that in-house too if you zoom in with your phone. It will find it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. I'm good. Hallelujah. I, uh, so if, again, if you have any prayer requests, and um, let me tell you those there. And I need, Sherry, I need to ask you something. After, not, not now, after service. Just don't let me forget. Um, but if you need a connection card, I, I want to use a verse. It's a giving time. Uh, there's all the ways to give on the screen. Uh, the easiest way is give.gracesummitchurch.org. Before we go much further, is everybody warm? You okay? You okay? Okay. That's why the lights are really bright right now. Uh, it's keeping it a little bit warmer. Uh, heat's been on since late Friday, getting ahead of it. And it was 58, 59 degrees this morning uh, with everything running. But uh, they're heat pumps, so they can only do so much. Uh, and I think last night was, four, I was going to say 13, 14. And uh, I'm enjoying it. Can I have an amen? Ain't it great? Ain't it fun? Uh, it's beautiful. It's great. Because I can put more clothes on and stay warm. But in the summertime, I will go to jail. Can I have an amen? I can only go so far. Romans chapter 16, as we get ready to give, I just want to use this verse. This isn't a normal offering verse, but it does speak to it to me. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. Now that is the revelation of the mystery of the secret of redemption in the Messiah, in Christ, that Adam's seed, perhaps her seed, will bruise Satan's heel. That was a, a prophecy in the garden. So that is a mystery that was a secret hidden but part of that mystery secret that is hidden is giving. Um, you, most people can't even catch it. We, we were talking about that this morning in small group. Most people can't catch it. They won't even see it. And the reason they won't see it is because of the fact that their mind has not been renewed to the Word of God. Because it is, it is a, you know, our system is to get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. Can I have an amen? It, it is just, a, that's our system. It is just to collect and to, you know, that's like the, the great quote by Hen, um, not Henry Ford. It was uh, John D. Rockefeller. And he, had, he was the richest man in the world. They said, do you have enough money? He said, no. They said, how much more do you need? He goes, just a little. He just wants a little. But on the other side, you can give it away. And that's part of life. That's part of the, the Spirit of God. For God so loved, he gave. And so as we get ready to, to give here, we give not out of a, a, 
um, obligation. You know, the Bible says that we don't give out of obligation, uh, that we should not, or nor should we give out of uh, compulsion. In other words, you know, because you shouldn't feel compelled, you ought to give out of heart. You ought to give out of, you know, faithfulness. Uh, sometimes we ask people, why, why don't it work for me? Why don't this work for me? Well, sometimes, you know, it's just your heart's not right. Uh, who's ever made two kids shake and hug and make up? And we could tell that Jesus was not in the midst of that. Amen? I mean, you know, my sister used to look at me in the back of the car. She'd be mad at me. She goes, this is my side. And that is the line you cannot cross. She's three years older. I would get my finger and just stick it right on this, the seam and stitch right beside it and just look at her. Just dare her. Now, I'm the one who always got in trouble because I'd take four or five hits to the head. And then I'd get one hit in and she'd run. He hit me. He hit me. And here I am staggering because I just got beat. But um, I didn't care. Um, who here knows we should walk in love? Amen. You got to have a right heart. So right now as we get ready to give, hold your offering in your hand. If you're online, you can go to give.gracesummitchurch.org. Father, we thank you right now for the opportunity to give. In a day of uncertainty, we know you're certain. And we know that, Father, your principles are to operate in the kingdom. And the kingdom currency that we operate in is faith in you. And so, Father, we thank you right now for the opportunity to, to sow into the kingdom of God, into our church, to, to bring our tithe into the storehouse. And that you will, that there's meat provided, but Father, that you will pour out blessing upon our life, that there's not room enough to contain. So Father, we thank you for the supernatural overflow, that we always have more than enough in every situation, as 2 Corinthians says, so that we may have bread to eat and seed to sow. Thank you, Father, you meet every need of everyone in here. Those who need jobs, Father, we thank you that they're coming to them. Those who have lost things, thank you, Father, those things are coming to them and us to them and being restored. Thank you, Father, right now that you meet every need, spirit, soul, body, financially, and socially. In Jesus' name, every way. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. If, you have a, if you will, bring your offering up, bring your prayer request or your connection cards. Bring those and put those in the offering envelopes. And God bless you. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Who in here loves Jesus? Say amen. Who in here loves the Word of God? Say amen. I, yeah, I shouldn't tell on myself, but I will. I was going to bed the other night. It was late. I won't tell you how late. Because it was late, late when I went to sleep. And uh, I remembered this channel of preaching. So I turned it to it. And I watched one. I thought, I'm going to go to sleep after this one. Do y'all believe I sat there for two hours? I went for four and a half different programs. Man, I was so blessed. I, honest to God, I was tired. I couldn't go to sleep. I was so full of it. And I remember one of the guys made the comment in the street. He said, man, I love the Word of God. And who in here knows it is the Word of God that makes the difference? It, it is the Word of God that always makes the difference. So if you got your Bible, turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to read this verse kind of quick. Then we're going to jump to something else. I will tell you very quickly, we will turn to Genesis chapter ooh, 11. 
If you want to find Genesis 11, find that. You may just want to find Habakkuk chapter 2. And uh, thank you. Habakkuk chapter 2, the Bible says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for a point in time. So we've been talking about vision. Who in here knows God wants us to have a vision for our life? And then we've made these little personal vision planners. If you, can, if you need one, let us know. We'll get you one after service. Um, and I actually had somebody email me this week and said, I need that. And bless me. Bless me. I said, yeah, heck yeah. Praise God. We'll send that to you. We'll be glad to. I was like, do you want it in paper? We'll, we'll pay the postage. I, I can care less. I was glad to. All those stamps go up this month. Yeah. But thank God Jesus meets our needs. Can I have an amen? Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Tomorrow? Wow, I should have bought those yesterday. Okay. Anyway, Habakkuk chapter 2, this is from the message translation. It says, and then God answered, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. It will come right on time. And everybody say amen. That's a, that's a good word from uh, uh, the message translation. Uh, vision, and I used this a couple weeks ago, gives imagination permission to exist in your life. Yeah. But now the other side of that is imagination. Uh, it, it's hard sometimes to change in things if you can't imagine it. If all you ever see is all you've ever seen, it's hard to see anything different. And if you can't see anything different, you'll never see anything new. You've got to see something new. Now, I used to always make the joke and kind of cut up about it, and I didn't mean anything wrong by it. I mean, you know, I'd make jokes about West Virginia. Can I have an amen? Or Alabama. Can I have an amen? I mean, okay. And, uh, you know, whatever. But, you, but, but we, would, we would talk about, you know, wherever, Pennsylvania, wherever, and you'd see these people. And sometimes it was what I call mountain people. And, uh, and I don't mean this wrong, but they would be doing documentaries. And the mama got pregnant at 12, and the daddy, and you know, the, the grandmother got pregnant at 12, and the great-grandmother got pregnant at 13, and all they ever did was either raise corn or distill corn. And I'd sit there, and then they talk about today in the day's world, the poverty level. The poverty's so high. The education level's so low. I mean, it's just a bad. And I'd sit back, and I'd go, why don't they move? Yeah. I mean, dear Lord, if it's that bad, move. Well, who in here knows if you ain't got no money, you can't move. And then the other side is this. If that's all you know, that's all you know. Yeah. Amen. I mean, Mama had her baby at first when she was 13. She wasn't married. So, I mean, I know, and, and if you don't have any teaching which says that's wrong, then according to the word of God, that's wrong. Can I have an amen? Not criticizing anybody, not belittling anybody, but you know, there's a way we're supposed to do it. And then if you mess up, who in here is know what you do? You repent and you just keep on going. Can I have an amen? God don't kick you, don't put you down, don't knock you out, don't take you away, amen? God redeems, he restores, he renews. But if that's all you know, I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, before I got saved, he said, I honest to God, he was an Italian dude, he said, I honest to God believed in all my heart. He says that one, he goes, you grew up, you got married, you did drugs, you drank to excess, and you had a girlfriend, and everybody knew it. 
I said, excuse me on the girlfriend thing? He goes, my dad had one, my uncles had one, my grandfathers had one, my moms knew the girlfriends, the girlfriends knew my mom. He goes, I thought that was normal. He said, that was what was normal. I preached in a town one time in New Orleans and I asked the pastor, I said, what is the weirdest, like, quirky thing around here? Because it was a real farming area. He said, you know, he goes, what's strange? He said, if you get into the old families, he said, very racially segregated. He says, the white people don't want to have nothing to do with the black people in this town. He said, it's really weird. He said, except for the girlfriends. He said, all the big money guys have a, have a girlfriend. Wife knows it. Family knows it. Everybody knows it. He goes, that's the way it's been in this area for hundreds of years. That's all they know. But who in here knows if you can see something different from the word of God, you're like, I can live different. Amen. There's something new. There's something that can change. So you've got to think. So, but you've got to develop your imagination in that. And sadly, sometimes, you know, as you get older, you don't have an imagination. That's true. Jackson has an imagination. Kids, I saw this morning, blessed me. I was watching, and David, um, oh gosh, my mind's thinking, because I'm trying to think of what he had in his hand. Uh, Parker, he, what, he didn't have a lightsaber. I have never seen an adult bring a lightsaber to church. Can I have an amen? You know, we'd make fun of that. But man, young kid does it. We just, you know, wh wh why not? Why not do something that stirs your memory, stirs your heart, stirs your passion? Why, why not do something like that? Somebody asked, you know, one time and they made a comment, and I, this is true, why do I like wear boots? Why do I like cowboy boots? John Wayne. I mean, I'm not John Wayne, but I got a little of him on me, can I have an amen? I mean, you know what, it stirs me. Every time I put them on, I'm like, man, it is hot, maybe in the summertime, but not my work boots. You know what kind of work boots they are? No, cowboy boots. Can I have an amen? You know why? Because that's what John Wayne would wear when he's doing something. I'm, you know, and I make that joke. But there's sometimes I'll think about something and, it'll, it'll, and, and, and it's almost like there'll be a flash of a thought of how should you do something. I was in a park store one day and this kid made a comment and I use this as a breach. I said, guys, and there was about three or four teenagers um, high school, maybe early college. I said, do y'all know what WWJWD means? They all looked at me. I said, I, said, I said, well, first of all, you need to ask yourself WWJD. So this is an opportunity to preach. I said, that means what would Jesus do? I said, first thing in your life, you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I said, you need to make sure he's your Savior and your Lord and that heaven's your home. That's the first thing. Now, the second question, which is very right close to it, is WWJWD, and that is what would John Wayne do? And if you don't know who that is or what he would do, that's why your life's screwed up right now. Number one, you don't know Jesus and you don't know who John Wayne is. And all these kids, they knew who John, they started laughing. I got the response. And then I stopped. I said, but the first thing is you need to make sure Jesus is in your life. Can I have an amen? What was I trying to do? I was trying to get him to see something. Because if you can see it. Now the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. We are never, we should never be moved by the physical sight. We should be moved by the eternal sight. And we were talking earlier, I think that's what messes some people up. It's hard to differentiate that. Because people are like, well, I don't want to lie. But again, we're talking vision. We're talking things that God has spoke to our heart that we're believing for. Now, Hebrews, not Hebrews, Habakkuk again says, write this. So, so we gave that. Now, I got, and I'm going to read it in a minute. Somebody brought me 
one of their visions. This is so, so good. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Then we looked last week at Genesis 13. I'm sorry, we looked at actually Genesis 15 where God told Abram to look at the stars. In Genesis 13, God told Abram, Abraham, at the, actually it's called Abram here, uh, this is verse 16, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also can be numbered. Then he says, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. And then in Genesis 15 and verse 5, it says, Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards heaven, count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. So it is important what you see. God told Abram to look at sand. And who in here knows in the desert there's a lot of sand? But at night, he could see all the stars. So every time he saw that, it meant something to him. Now, if you're ever going to be an inventor, you've got to see it. And I told the story a couple weeks ago about a guy by the name of Tesla. And they said Tesla could actually build stuff in his head, test it in his head, and figure out what was probably going to break, and then build his first prototype, and maybe one or two more after that, but he's done. He didn't have to do experiment after experiment after experiment, but he would look at it from all sides. He had that kind of whatever geometric thinking process, whatever, and he could do it. I think it's incredible. Can I have an amen? That'd be incredible. But now I've had flashes of that. And I tell the story, one night I had to fix something on a, on a van we had. Remember that green van? I had to fix the, a, a fan clutch and I couldn't get this one part off and I couldn't find a, a tool to do it. And I remember laying in bed and all of a sudden, I mean like a flat, I saw how to build and weld something together that would work. And I mean, I immediately got up, it's like 1.30, and ran into the garage and looked to see if I had the steel. And I did. So I welded what I needed to the next day, measured it out, welded it, used it, and what's funny is it broke when that part broke loose, which I thought was very fitting because I never needed that thing again. Can I have an amen? So we just threw it away and threw the bad part away and fixed it. But the moment I saw it, I knew I could do it. But see, you've got to begin to see yourself in that situation. You've got to write the vision and make it plain. Now, in 1991, Sarah Beth was born. 1992, I started pastoring. For the first three months, I was pastor of the church. It was called Faith Fellowship. I didn't get paid anything. I didn't, um, I mean, I didn't get paid anything. Now, the previous pastor was getting paid, and there's a whole story in that, but anyway, but I wouldn't get paid. So I was selling security systems. Commission only. Straight commission. That means when you sell a system, you make some money. If you don't sell it, you're fasting. Can I have an amen? <laughs> and so I was, and I, I did okay. And, um, and, and guess how we sold them? Knocking doors. We'd start about nine o'clock in the morning, knock doors till uh, three, four. And hopefully out of the two, 300 doors you knock, you'd get two or three appointments. I have a lot of respect for door knocking salespeople because that's hard. And so I was, I was, you know, I was working through the process and I got talking to this older sales lady and we got talking about selling security systems. Well, now one thing you can do is use fear, just scare them. And some people say that, you know, you shouldn't do that. But on the other side, sometimes if you don't do it, they won't make a decision. Case in point is I had a friend who owned a business, an insurance company, and I was trying to sell him a system to him, to his house and his office. Oh, no, 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 we're safe, we're safe. Three, four weeks later, and I had quit by then, but he wouldn't buy one then. He's sitting at work, a guy comes in, ducks tape him and his secretary, 
threatens to kill and beat him up, hit him, steals everything he can out of the office, guess when he bought two systems? The next day. So I used a line. There's only two days, you'll, and I used it on him. I said, brother, same as Larry. I said, Larry, there's only two days you're ever gonna buy a system. I said, today's the day, or the day after you get held up. And he looked at me later, he said, that was a great sales line. He said, but that's true. He said, I bought two. So I'm talking to this lady, older lady, and she's a good salesman. And I asked her, what's the secret? What, what do I do? What's some things I need to learn how to do? She said, Chris, she says, the first thing you gotta do is you gotta paint a good picture of why they need that, that security system. And then she leaned in and she goes, and then you gotta paint them in the picture. She said, you paint them in the picture good enough, they'll buy the system. Well, see, that's the reason why Larry didn't buy it. I didn't paint him in the system. So then I had a friend who's actually an evangelist in the body of Christ. He is, he's called to be an evangelist. Great, great soul winner. And he was the top salesman for that company. And so he got talking and he got telling me this story one time and I use it. So he told me this story how he went and actually was selling a security system to a guy in bib overalls, chewing tobacco, I'm sorry, snuff. Not chewing tobacco, old snuff. Can I have an amen? Do they even sell snuff anymore? I've never seen. And it's running down both sides and that's how you can tell he's a level-headed person. Can I have an amen? You know, that's why I say, I always love a level-headed woman. Well, how can you tell? The, the tobacco runs out of both sides evenly. Okay, amen. And uh, y'all remember seeing those old women, come here and give me a kiss. Oh my God, no, you know. <laughs> as a kid, as a little kid, no. Let me die right now and go to heaven. Amen, before that, you know, anyway. And he said, he walks up to the house and he said, this guy, he said, is on, the house is on blocks. He said, he walked into the house, got a hole, in one of the bedrooms, because he walked through it. The guy is just, he said, man, tr car, tr this old truck, he said, just beat up. Washing machine, you know, for, like, you know, appliances are on the porch. And he's trying to sell this guy's security system. And he said, the guy looked at him, he said, son, there ain't no sense in selling me a security system. Nobody, he goes, I ain't got no money. And Greg was just fast on his feet. He said, that might be true, but that claw hammer bandit, that's what he called him, high on drugs don't know you broke. He's going to come in here and bash your brains in with the claw hammer, bring, kill you, and find out you ain't got nothing. But if you had a system, you wouldn't be dead. He said that guy you know, had his wallet on a chain. He said, I don't know why. We, I know we didn't have any money. He said, but I didn't have anybody else to sell to, so I just figured I'd just practice. He said, that guy whips out that wallet, and, and when he unzipped it, he said, it goes, <laughs> hundreds. Nothing but hundreds. And he said, and we had a deal, $99 down, whatever, they financed the rest. He said, well, let's just go ahead and buy the whole system, give me everything you can on it, and let me prepay it for three years. How much will that be? So he did the math. He said, that guy just counts out money. He said, and when he's done, the, the wallet's still. <laughs> Bib overalls, tobacco. Do you know that when they went to go install it, they couldn't install it because the house wouldn't pass a code on electrical? He lost the sale. But he painted that guy into that picture. So Greg told me that story, and I go visit some friends, and we were having dinner, and I just started telling the story. 
And he said something, I said, you know, he goes, well, I don't really think we need a security system. And I just did the same thing. I said, but you see, I said, when your wife is standing here doing the dishes and the claw hammer bandit comes out over that fence back there, I used the same phrase. And I said, he comes in and he's high on drugs and meth. He's going to bash her brains in, doesn't know you ain't got nothing. He goes, can I buy one tonight? I said, why, yes, you can. And I went and got my stuff and I went and so I wrote it up. But I painted him in. When he saw him in that picture, it became real. And until you paint you in the vision God has given you in your picture, it won't be real. So you got to begin to see that. Write the vision and make it plain. Genesis chapter 11, if you will, turn there with me. And then we're going to read Genesis chapter 11, this is, I'm, I'm going to read all of this. I actually plan on reading just one verse, but the more I study, I want to read this whole passage, so get, be, um, be patient. Verse 1 says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said one to another, come let us make bricks and make them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. They all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over all the face of the earth. Now, 11.6, New King James says, for nothing that they purpose amplified is really more correct, which is almost the King James Version, uh, although purpose is a word too, but the Hebrew there actually is used is imagined. Nothing which they have imagined shall be impossible for them to do. I want you to note in verse one, it says the whole earth had one language and one speech. Now, I ain't talking about the whole earth, I'm talking about you. You need to have one language, one speech, one thought, more importantly, one heart. Not a double-minded man. Not a split-hearted person. That's sometimes hard to settle. But once you settle something, it's settled. Amen. And it's not going to be dictated anymore. And these people, now, now, now real quick, just to throw this out. I, I, always, I always figured, you know, I, after I found out something about elevation and, and, uh, and air, I just wish God would have let them build it. Let them build it big enough and get up to about 14,000 feet and that have passed out because they ran out of air. Can I have an amen? Then they'd have fell off and died. Then we're done with the problem. Can I have an amen? But the reason being is the building of the city and the, and the, the temple was, or the, the tower was two things. One, if you ever study Mesopotamian history, these uh, especially um, cults in that time, beliefs were that if you could get high enough, you could be closer to God and your prayers would be answered. Well, that's not even true. Closest thing you can find that in the Bible is Moses. And that's just because of that. But you can find many other places in the Old Testament where God came down to Abram. Is that right? You can find places where God came down and met Gideon. Is that right? So we know that's not. That's one reason why I make the comment. Oh, I wish my prayers could just get higher than the ceiling. Prayers don't have to get higher than the ceiling. 
Never. In fact, never even have to get past my lips. They just need to get out of my lips. Because Christ is in me, the hope of glory, and everybody say amen. The other reason being that this was sinful to do is they were wanting to build a tower high enough that couldn't get flooded. This is right after the flood. And the wickedness of man has already developed and they're going to build a, a, a city and build a name, a name for themselves. Who in here knows we should only have one name? That is the name of God upon our life, the name of Christ upon our life. He is our banner. That's what, you know, uh, that, that uh, Hebrew name, but it says the Lord is our banner. He should be our banner. He should be our name. It did not say that in my name I will cast out devils. It said in his name we can cast out devils. So everything we do should be done in the name of the Lord. Is that not what scripture says? That everything we do should be done as unto Christ in the name of the Lord. So that's why this is wrong. But here's what's amazing is even though it's wrong and it's not approved of, in verse six, it plainly says, and this which they begin to do. So evidently what they had begun to do could be done had it not been able to be done, God would not come down and stop it from being done. Amen. Now think of that. These people had one voice, one mind, one desire, and it's on, baby. My dad, I, every time I use this, I always tell this story. If you've heard it before, you're gonna hear it again. You probably didn't pay attention the first time. You probably ignored it. Can I have an amen? Okay. I heard a preacher say that. He said, you, people don't pay attention to you. That's true. He said he's sitting in a Church of God Sunday school class. This is about 1966. I was born in 66. And he said they're sitting there and somebody made a comment about that foolish NASA thing. Ain't nobody ever going to the moon. I mean, that ain't ever gonna happen. I'm sorry, this is like 62, my sister. Not me, my sister. Because it was earlier. My dad said, they can do it. And they will do it. What makes you think they gonna do that, Brother Vaughn? And he quoted that verse. He says, nothing which they have imagined shall be impossible to them. He said, if we can imagine it, we can do it. Again, you think about it, now this gets into scary thoughts. Do you think it's possible to genetically replicate DNA another person? You give it time. They're already growing organs. Do you know that? I mean, pretty soon we ain't gonna know who we are. We go in the rapture, three-fourths of us will be left behind. Can I have an amen? We, we won't even be all the way up there. We won't even know who we are. I'm sorry. I thought about something my brother-in-law said when he was talking about. I got a family member one time. He said, my Lord. He said, when Jesus comes back from mama, he won't even know who she is. He goes, he goes so much of her ain't even hers anymore. Amen. So in Genesis, it says here that they had that belief. Now, I wrote in my notes here, the clearer your imagination, the clearer your vision. And the clearer your vision, the easier it is to manifest. Because it don't need to be vague. Now, I, I actually put in there and I said uh, that, what do you call it? That, that thing that we handed out, the, the vision. I asked for you to write down, like spiritual. Th this is to me so good. I had somebody give me this this morning. I'm not gonna write them out, but this is so good. Uh, this is their spiritual vision for 2024. My opinion is this is so good, I ought to just print it and give it to everybody. I will speak only positive words to myself and others. 
Um, Philippians 2.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm sorry, Philippians 4.13. Philippians 2.13, for it is, uh, and 2.13. And then 1 Corinthians 6.19, uh, for it is God who works in me to will and to do his good pleasure. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Number two, I will let God fight all my battles. And she's got two verses for that. The Lord will fight for me. I only need to be still. Exodus 14, 14. Number three, I will speak healing over my body, mind, soul, and spirit. Uh, third John 2, I will, I will be in good health even as my soul prospers. Number four, I will call to remembrance past miracles. I love that one. Because sometimes who in here have ever forgotten some of the good things God has done for you? And then all of a sudden you start remembering them and all of a sudden, man, you get kind of hopeful. Man, I mean, he, man, if he did that in the past, he can do that again. I mean, thank God. Can I have an amen? Number five, I will speak, vi- I love this one, victory over situations that I perceive to be impossible. Amen. Now see, those are just, you know, but, but you got to begin to do those things. You got to see those things. But see, if, unless you ever see it, it's just hard to comprehend it. Who in here has ever been like studying something? Math, chemistry, calculus, trig, physics, parenting, women. Not, that one we'll never figure out. Can I have an email? Okay, but whatever. But like all of a sudden you're like, I see it. I know what to do. And you know you know what to do. Now when I was a kid, my dad would talk about, now my dad grew up poor. And I mean real poor. And his dad died when he was 11. And in Lake Greenwood, Greenwood, South Carolina, there's a lake called Lake Greenwood, and it was built by this dam, created by this dam. So every now and then they'd lower the dam, the dam water to do work, lower the water to do work on the dam, and Daddy would find old boats that had been sunk. And he said he found one one time that had a hole right in the tip. Not a big one, but a little bit. So he said he would push off, and it would fill up with water, but he'd run and sit in the back, and then the hole would stick out. He said, man, I thought I was the king of the lake. He said, but I had a little cup and I'd scoop the water out and he goes, I'd go wherever I wanted to. So one day he finds one boat and uh, have you ever had a, a, thro- full of, a, a spool of thread? Well, you, you very rarely find the spools made of wood nowadays. They, that's all they used to be made out of. And so he got wooden spools and used it all around and he actually put a steering wheel on it and wired it and made this harness thing with these spools to control the rudder. He's like 12, 13. Daddy was always from mechanical. And he had a, uh, a mainsail he made out of feed sacks. So he talked about how he would sell around. So as we're talking, he would talk about tacking, how to tack against the wind. Now see, in sailing, if you got the wind with you, that's easy. You just pop the sail out and you just go straight. If you got the wind against you, that's a whole nother issue. Because how do you sail this way if the wind's this way? That's what you call tacking. And basically what you do is you pop that sail at a certain lane and it almost kind of pushes you up and then you tack, which means you heave to, you throw the boom over, you shift the rudder and you tack the other way. My dad talked about tacking all the time as a kid. And he, t- he made it so real, I could see it. I could see it. I knew how to tack his boat. I knew the theory so a friend of mine in high school, about 14, his dad started building a little sailboat. By the time he's 16, his dad finished it. And it had a mainsail, had a jib, had a centerboard. Gotta have a, gotta have a centerboard. If you don't have a centerboard, the boat slides. And so he had a centerboard. And he had already tried to sail it twice and had basically flipped it, got the mast stuck on the bottom of the river and had to have like the county rescue squad come and pull him out. So I wanted to go sell that boat. 
and see if I could do what my dad talked about. And I argued with him and he said, but you can't sell it, you ain't never sell it. I told him, I said, I can sell that boat. He said, have you ever sold a boat? I said, no, but I can sell that boat. He said, how do you know you can? I said, because I've sold one. I'm 16. I said, I've sold one in here. I said, I know how to sell that boat. I said, I'm not going to take it out in really bad weather. We'll wear our life jackets. This is to his dad. I said, but I can sell that boat. All right. He said, if you think y'all can. My friend looked at me. He said, you ain't never done. He said, you don't know nothing about sailing a boat. I said, I can sell this boat. I said, you help me get it in the water. I will sell this boat. Now, we must have looked like a real pair because my dad's car was a 66 Volkswagen. And so my dad put a hitch on the back of that and that's what we towed that boat to the lake, well, to the river with. So we get it out there. The, the, the centerboard, because it was homemade, normally you have a lever or something on top. No, we didn't have that. One of us had to climb underneath and hold our breath and pull that thing down. And here's the other side. You had to make sure you were far enough away from the ground. If not, the center, the center board would get stuck on the ground. Then you have to climb and get it again. So Robbie goes under. He gets it. Where can we start off? And I'm sailing. He told me, he said, you're going to do it first because I don't know you can do it. I sailed that boat everywhere I wanted. I never one time doubted whether or not I could sell. But my dad had told me how to sell and tack. My dad had told me how to heave to. My dad had talked about watch for the boom. And one time I about hit Rob, because I said, I, I tell him, I said, I'm about to, I'm about to heave to here. I said, when I do, watch the boom. Because you're going this way and the boom's this way and you turn this way, the wind catches it, it'll sling it that way. I said, watch the boom. And then I, then I, I felt like I was Captain Kidd, Captain Jack Sparrow. Can I have a name in? You know, I, was like, I was like, you know, catch the jib, man, move the jib, get the, tighten that jib up. You know, so, man, we sell that thing. I knew, but I even got a book to make sure I knew what I was doing before I did. But I could see it so plain. And when we get back, he actually looked at me, he says, I don't know why my dad can't sell this boat. Again, his dad had wrecked it twice, basically. His dad couldn't see it. Now see, if you don't take time in the Word of God to see yourself seeing it and being in that picture, it will be hard for you to ever receive it and walk in it. You just can't do it. You've got to see yourself doing it. I tell the story one time, here's God playing golf with Scott Reese down up here at Little Mountain. And Scott actually had been aggravating me, him and this other guy. And, uh, they'd been, you know, they, they were they're much more practical jokers and I, I just, I'd gotten done. I'd lost my temper. I said, you, I said, you do it again. My, cl- my clubs come off and I'm walking. I said, I'm done with this. I said, unless you want to pay for my clubs. Well, man, we didn't mean nothing about it. I said, I mean exactly what I'm saying. But do it again and I will walk to my car. We, you know, man, we're sorry. I said, I'm not. I'm just telling you where we are. Okay. So we play a couple other holes. I'm still frustrated. But I kill my drive. That was a good day. But I'm behind this gigantic oak tree. And out of all the shots I had at that time, I had one shot. That one shot was a high wedge. I felt like, I felt so cocky. I felt so PGA. Scott looked at me and said, what you gonna do? Where you gonna lay out? I said, I ain't laying out. I'm going over that tree. You can't go over that tree. And I can't play great golf. Dan Harris told me one time, he said, Pastor Chris, he goes, you putt good, you chip good, you got good short irons, good long irons, and you drive great. If you could do it all at the same time in the same round, it'd be a great game of golf. 
And that's true. I mean, I've said that before too. You know what I mean? I mean, I, you have to, I'll assess my round. And I'm like, man, I drove and putted great. Bad irons today. And he looked at me, he said, I said, I'm gonna make this shot. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll make this shot and then I'll chip out if you want, but I will make this shot. I, I, I knew I could do that shot. I could see it. Sure enough, I pulled out my wedge. I cranked it as hard as I could. I threw it right, that, I never hit a limb, never hit a stick, nothing. Straight over that tree, just right short of the green. It's a par five. I'm almost on in two. I'm like, I didn't even think about being aggravated after that. Can I have an amen? I could see it so well. But I can't see other shots. Now that's not because I can't. Part of it's because I hadn't practiced it or I haven't put the effort in. Can I have an amen? Now see, that's where faith comes involved. And at the same time, you've got to have wisdom with your faith. Because if you don't have wisdom with your faith, you'll get overextended. What do you mean, Pastor Chris? I'm 57 years old. I'm not going to play PGA golf. That's not a bad statement of faith. That's just fact. I'm not in shape to play PGA golf. Well, Pastor Chris, what about faith? You can have what you say. I can have what I say. I can get up to what I say up to a certain level. But I've got to have scripture for it. I'll throw this out. You ever thought of this? Joshua and Caleb could not die from the time they went into that promised land till they came out until the children of Israel possessed that land. Because God told them, you too will enter it. Yeah. Amen. That's right. That means they had a promise for 40 years. We are not dying. But I don't have that promise. You ain't got that promise. They had that promise. But I do have the promise by his stripes I'm healed. And I do have the promise I will live and not die and declare the glory of the Lord. I do have the promise, beloved, I desire above all things that you may prosper and be healthy as thy soul prospers. Can I have an amen? I do have promises. Amen. But I don't have promises I'm going to play PGA. <laughs> not unless the Lord speaks that to my life. And at 57, I don't really want him to. Because I've got a brother-in-law who's an agent and I know how he lives. He's just the agent. He's not the player. I don't want to do that. Be gone that much? Be away from Lisa? Jackson? Haley? Forget y'all. Can I have an amen? I mean, no, I don't fit. Laura, Laura, I mean, yeah. No, I'm teasing. I mean, you know, I don't want to be away from Laura and Luke and all them and Sarah Beth and Molly and all that. I, I, yeah. Now, if the Lord told you to do that, that's a different issue. But at that point, then what you've got to do is you've got to start seeing yourself in that picture. And the moment you see yourself in that picture, you'll slide into that just as easy. Can I have an amen? amen? So here's what I want you to do this week again. Be as good as this sheet here. Take time and write down that vision. I guarantee you, Karen, you ever had any clients in your practice that come on strong, sign up for a week, every week, twice a week, go see you three times a week, and four months later, you don't even know where they are. All the time? Why? Because they can't see themselves in that picture. I don't need counseling. I can't, I, I don't need that. You've got to see yourself in that place. Now here's the first place we always should see who we are. We need Jesus. If you're not born again, you desperately need Jesus. 
If you are born again, you desperately need Jesus. If you've been saved a thousand years, you still need Jesus. You will never not leave the place of needing Jesus. And you need to see yourself always in that place. Once you see that you have a need for Jesus, it's easy to put yourself back in that picture. That's why we go to church all the time. So we keep our minds renewed. So we live a strong spiritual life. So that we go to therapy. Can I have an amen? This is actually group therapy. Can I have an amen? Okay. This is group. Can I have an amen? Father, we bow our heads and we thank you so much that you are so good to us. Father, we see ourselves in the picture. The picture of redemption. And we thank you, Father, that right now that by your stripes, we are healed. By your blood, we are saved. I say them in that order because of communion. We eat the body, we receive the blood. And Father, right now, we see your body and your blood, the sacrifice, paying the price for all that we are, all that we have need of, putting us into a place of redemption in Jesus' name. I want everybody to pray this with me right now, if you will. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to help me see the picture of redemption that you have made for my life by the Word of God and help me see myself in it so clear that it is impossible for me to not walk it out. I can see it. I will be like the blind man who once was blind, but now I see in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now that you are good. Your mercy endures to us. And you never quit on us. You never cast us aside. You love us with an unspeakable, almost unutterable level of love. It's hard to communicate the depth of the Zoe kind of love towards man. And Father, we receive that into our life and we thank you that your love covers us and heals us and sets us free in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. amen. Give me a better amen. amen. I um, got a couple of announcements, uh, things to uh, let you know. Again, if you're a first, second, third time guest with us, please use that QR code. Uh, if you're a first, second, or third time guest with us, please see me at the event center. Um, just as, uh, immediately after service, I'll, prob I'll probably try to scoot around as quick as I can. Uh, and, and thank God we've got little boxes that have the candy we should have in them because we hadn't let nobody steal them. Can I have an amen? Okay. We got some kids stealing that. I told Lisa I was tempted to put X-Lax in it. Can I have an amen? I really was. She goes, Pastor Chris. She goes, Chris, fine, that's terrible. I said, well, he won't do it again. Can I have an amen? Anyway, the Lord is doing work in me. Can y'all say amen? Stretch forth your hands and say, God bless our pastor. Because I mean, you know, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. <laughs> that right there proves it. Second Saturday prayer, 5 p.m. Uh, <laughs> we got to eat afterwards. <laughs> the first Sunday of the month, Women Encouraging Women. Uh, it is always... Um, Great time, conversation and coffee. Uh, they meet about 10 o'clock, I think it is, and uh, just have fellowship for about 30 minutes, and then they kick, kick into the Word of God. It'd be a great time. 
and let's see what sticks. Uh, exclusive online Bible study. Every Wednesday night, we'll start a new topic this coming Wednesday. And then lastly is our small groups on Sundays. Now, we are finished up, and I'm just saying we're going to If we didn't finish this week, we may be finished this week, but we're starting a new book. And it's a book on called Identification. And it is about the revelation of who you are in Christ. Identifying in Christ. Who's heard this term in the last year? I identify as a... Well, see, the, the, the principle of identification is a powerful principle. And you need to identify with certain things. But you need to make sure it's the right thing. That's where I made the comment earlier. I am a Christian, WWJD, but I also identify with John Wayne because he wouldn't, you know, he had a certain code to live by. I think that's a good code. I'm going to live by that same code. I think it's a great code. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be wronged. I'm not going to wrong anybody. I'm going to do unto others that I have done unto me. Can I have an amen? So, so again, that's identity. So we, we, we've got a great book. And uh, if you'd like to join, join us next Sunday. Uh, we've got to order the book. So I'll, I'll have books um, and then we'll open it up and, and get ready. Um, but anyway, uh, the books are 13, 14. You can order it online. You can order it yourself if you want it. It's um, E.W. Kenyon Identification. Great, great book. So anyway, so we'll start that next week. And uh, thanks for coming. Everybody stand up with me if you will. Turn to look at somebody and say, I'm glad you're here. You are really good looking. You've made great improvements this week. Last week was a little rough. But I'm praying for you. Next week's going to be better. Amen. Can I have an amen? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you his peace. And you are dismissed.